Hello. Back in, well, before the alt-right became as big as it is, say 2013, 2014, back then uh, there was the neo-reaction movement, which still exists today, of course, but back then it was more at the forefront of things, if you were involved in this, <laughs> in this field. And uh, the neo-reactionary movement had a, a set of concepts, and one of them was the cathedral. And you can go and look that up for yourself. I might supply a link in the description for this, a definition of the cathedral. I will uh, describe it in a wee minute anyway. But as the alt-right has grown and eclipsed, hugely eclipsed, the neo-reaction movement, the concept of the cathedral has somewhat been forgotten, as it's now thought of as a valid but not terribly useful or relevant concept. But, suddenly last month, August 2017, we saw, I think, we saw just how relevant the concept of the cathedral is. It really came back, it sort of bit back. And, well, the reason I say this is that if anything proves the existence of the cathedral and that demonstrates its tangible effects, upon the real world, it's what happened to the alt-right in the week after Charlottesville. Now, I will describe the cathedral briefly, and I wrote this down, so I'll just read it off the screen. <laughs> a culture that, and not just a culture, also the, well, I'll get to that, a culture that prevails throughout the mainstream media, and most of the so-called alternative media now, and also prevails throughout publishing houses, the universities, the school system, national governments around the West, international organisations, the lobbying sector, NGOs, high finance, and huge corporations, including Facebook, Google, etc. The cathedral is a culture that prevails throughout all of these things and unites them uh, in action. And, uh, of course, collectively, these entities can therefore be called the cathedral. So you're talking about huge corporations, academia, and the media, effectively. Now, the culture of the cathedral could be characterized as, well, by the words globalism and progressivism, or anti-nationalism and anti-traditionalism. Now, you could say, that those are just words, so there's no need to have this concept of a, a collectivity that lives by those words. But, again, I think what happened after Charlottesville shows that there is a need to conceive of a collectivity that lives by those words, because such a coll collectivity exists. So what happened after Charlottesville that, that did this, that demonstrated this? Well, in that week, you've got to remember that there were no fewer than five Islamist terror attacks. And yet, in that week, the alt-right was targeted. Instead of Islamist websites, or Islamist channels on YouTube, or Islamist podcasts, or Islamist blogs, uh, or Islamist Twitter accounts, they were all fine. There was no purging going on there. It was all concentrated on the alt-right, even though this was the week in which there were five Islamist terror attacks. 
And all the alt-right purging was was uh, done on the pretext, or well, supposedly in response to the the car incident at Charlottesville, and James Alex Fields uh, plowed into a group of uh, Antifa. One one incident versus five incidents, and yet those five incidents didn't lead to anything. That's very strange. Now. We could talk about some of the terror, the Islamist terror attacks that happened in that one week. There was the Finland attack where a Moroccan guy uh, went berserk with, a, I think, a sword of some kind, and he targeted women. And and this was in in Finland, you know, of all places. It's incredible. He killed two people and tar- and injured another eight people. And then there was Barcelona. 13 people dead uh, because of a van attack and 130 people injured. And uh, apparently the people, the group responsible for this, also wanted to blow up a historic building in Catalonia. I can't remember the details now. And then there was also Russia, where the son of a radical Islamist again went berserk with a, a knife and stabbed eight people. I don't know what the, the casualties were there if anyone died. So, meantime, that the, in that week, here is a list of the companies that, within that same week, shut down accounts associated with the alt-right. OkCupid, Blogger, Squarespace, Uber, Airbnb, Expedia, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify and Bandcamp, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, PayPal, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, Indiegogo, Coinbase, and Patreon, GoDaddy, Google, WordPress, Discord, Spreaker, Apple, both iTunes and the Apple Pay, MailChimp, and Cloudflare, and on top of that, numerous hosting companies all in one week. (laughs) And obviously the Daily Stormer, or rather Andrew Anglin and Weave, uh, they represent the epicentre of the cathedral's purging activities during that week and beyond it. So I'll tell their story, as far, and I haven't been able to contact them and confirm the details here, but this is what I believe happened. Uh, Their website was targeted by DDoS attacks, Cloudflare terminated their contract, which protected them from DDoS attacks. GoDaddy terminated their domain registration. Their domain registration, they transferred it to Google, who then somehow seized it. By I, I, I don't know the details there. So they effectively lost the, the domain dailystormer.com. And then a string of alternative domain registrations were terminated, including one in China, which is very alarming. And then they resorted to the dark web, but then Tor, which is the browser with which people access the dark web, uh, Tor effectively shut them down by somehow severely limiting their bandwidth, so basically their website couldn't run. And also their Discord server, I mean that was the trials and tribulations of trying to keep the website up. Also, apart from all that, their Discord server was shut down, their Twitter account was shut down, Coinbase attempted to prevent people from donating Bitcoin to them. 
Weave's LinkedIn account was shut down. Weave's OkCupid account was shut down. And then perhaps most frighteningly of all, and this happened more recently, Weave's bank account was shut down. So, I mean, this is astounding. It was... I've never seen anything like this. That was that's everything that the Daily. Well, I don't know if that's everything that the Daily Stormer have been through, but it's uh, at least some of it. And that's just the Daily Stormer. Then you've got, I, mean, I don't know, dozens of other people and other entities affected by this purging. So to summarize, in Charlottesville, James Fields killed one person and injured thirteen people, and over the following week. Islamists killed 15 people and injured 146 people. Yet there was no purging of Islamists from the internet, whereas there was frenetic purging of alt-right outlets from the internet. So I think, I think this proves four things. One, the cathedral exists. If not as an actual formal organisation of like-minded entities, then as a collection of as a collection of like-minded entities. Not an actual organisation, but a collection. Two, the cathedral is capable of acting as a unified entity. So it's all these separate entities, but it is capable of acting in concert. Three, the cathedral is capable, even if just by accident, of removing a website's security, depriving a website of its hosting, depriving a website of its domain name many times over in quick succession, and removing a website's funding across multiple platforms. In fact, every mainstream funding platform. The cathedral can do that. And I say, uh, even if just by accident, because... Maybe it's not planned this way. Maybe no one ever designed this system by which this kind of silencing could be conducted. But one way or another, that system has developed. And whether it's being, whether the silencing is being carried out with a game plan in real time, or whether it's just one person taking a cue from another person and, and emulating their silencing activities, doesn't really matter because the end effect is still systematic silencing. Or at least a sort of domino effect of silencing. And the fourth thing this proves. The cathedral is not scared of Islam or Islamist terror. But it is very scared of the alt-right. Because they didn't go purging Islamist websites. Just I, I have to keep emphasising that because in this week, this particular week, was very uh, full of Islamist terror. And yet that didn't inspire or trigger any response from the powers that be in, you know, in terms of, the, well, the cathedral, in terms of all these corporations, who were in the meantime frantically taking the, the alt-right off the internet. And, and the alt-right was, I mean, as I say, this, you could say that the alt-right, one person from the alt-right uh, committed a terror attack, and it's the fir- if so, if that even is factually true, then it's the very first uh, terror attack connected to the alt right, and I, I, I think even that is stretching it to say that one guy, I mean, did he plan it, 
Or was he just stressed out of his skull, surrounded by uh, Antifa running amok? And then he put his foot down in the accelerator. I mean, we don't know. It's That's the other thing. It's not even proven. Nothing is proven here. And yet that incident was used as the trigger for all of this. So I say, and I'll just emphasize it, the cathedral is not scared of Islam, which it knows to be violent and deliberately violent and cunningly violent and consistently violent and imperialistic. And yet the cathedral is not scared of that, but it is scared of the alt-right. <clears throat> now, on that last point, you could say that the cathedral is not scared of the alt-right, exactly. But its adherents, people who work in these different companies, these different entities, don't want to be seen to be helping the alt-right. But I'm not sure, I, I don't really find that convincing. Because these same people are happy to be seen to be helping Islamic extremists, including violent jihadis and hate-preaching imams. That never threatens their street cred, or their, their virtue points or whatever. So the only remaining question for me is whether the catalyst for the cathedral's actions in this week, the Charlottesville debacle, was a lucky chance, something that was just statistically bound to happen sooner or later, or whether it too was in some way decided upon and organised by the cathedral and actually conceived uh, by the cathedral as the catalyst for this predetermined uh, subsequent series of subsequent actions that it wanted to take, it wanted to perform. So in other words, was the pretext set up? Now, on the day, and I don't know, I don't know one way or the other, and I'm not going to try and persuade anyone of anything there. I will only say the following, and I, I do say this open-mindedly because I really don't know. I don't know what I think about this. But I will say the following. On the day of the Charlottesville so supposed rally, both of Red Ice's servers were hacked, as were the owners, Henrik and Lana, their Twitter accounts, and Henrik's iPhone was wiped. Now, that, is, that would be an incredible amount of hacking for any organisation to do in, in one day, or to... to orchestrate it, to synchronise it for that one day. They'd have to be been preparing for months. But that's not including the iPhone thing, because apparently, and I don't know this for sure, I have been told this, that to hack into an iPhone is one of the most difficult hacking things that you can do, and it requires NSA levels of hacking expertise. Which would imply that the US secret services security services, were involved in this. And if that is true, then that lends some credence to the, the, to the idea that the Charlottesville debacle was orchestrated by the cathedral. Either way, just, you know, leaving aside whether Charlottesville was set up, and obviously it was set up uh, in terms of the police being told to stand down and all that, but I'm just wondering to what extent it was set up. But leaving aside that, let's say that it just happened by chance. James Fields 
did what he did. And then the cathedral took uh, mobilized and took advantage of this. Let's just assume that. We can argue about whether the name cathedral is appropriate. Other people have other ideas for better names. But I think we all have to admit now that the concept of the cathedral is not only valid but as a concept, but a very real thing in the real world. And it is capable of very real, fast, thorough, and comprehensive action. So, does this mean that we, <sighs> in the alt-right, should change our tactics or how we conceive of this struggle? I, I think so. I think so. But I'll be talking about that more in the future. Thank you for watching.